You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is episode number 971, and Moo, do we have a good one for you today. He's been called a web marketing guru by multiple platforms, including the New York Times. President of Sales Lion, Marcus Sheridan, is a highly sought-after global speaker and consultant in the digital sales and marketing space. I'm excited to have Marcus on the program today, and I'd like to welcome you, Marcus Sheridan, to Critical Mass Radio Show. Richard, it's a pleasure, and hopefully I will say something tonight of value to those listeners, but thank you very much. Uh, I'm sure you will. So let, let's start, because I have a number of questions and things to get into, but let's start with you. So for our audience, take us back a little bit and sort of tell us an interesting story or sort of how you got into where you are today and what you're doing professionally. Yeah, well, well believe it or not, I am a pool guy. Nobody grows up saying, I want to be a pool guy. And uh, But I fell into it, like many folks, and to this day I own a, a swimming pool company called River Pools. And to make a long story short, uh, we started this company in 2001, shortly after I left college, I uh, graduated college, and things were going okay. And then we had the market, of course, collapse in 2008, and by 2009, I was three weeks overdrawn in my business bank account, I had 60 employees sitting, sitting at home, and I thought I was going to lose the company. And we ended up doing some pretty innovative things online. And to make a long story short, well, it became the most uh, trafficked swimming pool website in the world. We get about a half a million visitors a month today, and it saved the business. Now we're manufacturing pools as well. And I went on to start to, to write and talk about that story, which spawned this other company, The Sales Lion. And that's what I'm doing today. And today I'm just a silent partner with River Pools. But it's been an amazing ride. Do, do you find uh, so? So we're we're a big proponent here on Critical Mass Radio shows. You heard in the open. This is uh, episode nine hundred and seventy-one of podcasts that we've been doing since two thousand and nine. I am a huge proponent of content marketing for entrepreneurs and business executives. You and River Pools is clear are clearly two icons of how an entrepreneur can use just simple process of answering people's questions properly to really create content that people found valuable um when you do you find when you tell your story that it's important to let them know how close the business was to failing uh, so that they understand how important it was for you to find a solution to a very pressing problem yeah yeah and well you know absolutely in in fact my new book that's out they ask you answer starts the first chapter is just that the pain the depression that I was going through as a business owner, looking over that financial precipice, saying, I'm going to lose my home, I'm going to lose all these things if we don't find a solution. And you know, and for us, the only thing that didn't seem to cost more money was content marketing in this case. Now, at the time, it just, to me, as I was reading all these new fancy phrases online, like inbound marketing, content marketing, all these things, really, what I heard in my mind, Richard, was... Marcus, if you just obsess over the questions you're being asked every single day and you're willing to address them on your website through text and video, you just might save the company. But the thing is, you've got to be willing to address them. And, and if I may, can I give you a specific example of, of just one question that led to 
incredible <laughs> results. Is that okay? Yeah, I would love that, yes. All right, cool. So the most common question I used to get over the years was, all right, Marcus, been looking at your website. I think I want to get one of these pools. Tell me how much is something like this going to cost? And so our number one question is, how much does a fiberglass pool cost? But do you realize seven years ago when I started this process, if they ask you answer, no swimming pool company in the world, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, had addressed on their website how much an in-ground pool or how much a fiberglass swimming pool cost. And so I said, well, we're going to address it. And we did. And we said, you know what, buying a fiberglass pool is kind of like buying a car. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of accessories. And we explained what drives it up, what drives it down, why some are expensive, why some are cheap, why other types of pools cost what they cost. So we really explained the marketplace. Well, to make a long story short, searchers like you and I, regular consumers, said, finally, somebody's willing to address this question. So it made them happy. But, of course, it made search engines happy, too, like Google, because... There's so many thousands of people searching this year, nobody had been willing to address it. So to make a long story short, because of, of the fact that we can measure the results of this article, we have advanced analytics, the tool that we use is called HubSpot. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that because we wrote that article, since the day it was written, has generated over $3.5 million in sales that we otherwise would not have had had we not written the article. In other words, we've had a, a huge number of of people that have come to the site, filled out a form that said, I want to get a quote. And, of course, we can track the original source that brought them to the site. So for a huge portion of these that eventually bought $3.5 million worth of pools, it was that one single article, how much does a fiberglass pool cost? One other point about this. We've done this cost, how much does it cost, in multiple industries of companies that we've now worked with, consulted with, B2B, service-based businesses, B2G even, And for 90% of our clients, the number one traffic lead and sales generating content that they produce has to do with cost and price. Yet 90% of all businesses to this day, especially if they're a service-based business, not a commodity, but not an e-commerce, but a, a service especially, they don't talk about cost and price on their website. So you, you sort of started to answer the question that I was going to ask you, so I'm going to ask you anyway, because I, I, I'd like a little bit more on this. And I'm talking with Marcus Sheridan. He is the president of the Sales Lion. Do you find that your experience in the world of content marketing is transferable to other businesses that are different than your B2C pool business? You know, for a long time, people said to me, you know, that was an amazing story with River Pools, but I don't know if it would work in my industry. Because the fact is, Richard, as you all know, everybody believes their industry is different. <laughs> I mean, it's like, right. you say, would you say that your industry is very different or your department is very different? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's very, very different. And it's very complicated, too. It's different, yeah, well, yeah. and it's really has a lot of complexity to it. Yes, yeah, see, Marcus, we have a very customized solution. <laughs> so this is everybody. I mean, this is this is everybody. And the reality is this. There's one thing that binds all of us together as businesses, B2B or B2C, or even B2G business to govern, and that is this, that people buy from you because they trust you. And if they don't trust you enough, they won't give you their money. Right. And so when we talk about all this stuff like content marketing, really what we're talking about is a battle for trust. I am a, in a battle for trust every single day. You are every single person that's listening to this in business. The essence of content is, can we teach them so well? Can we inform them so well that when they're on our website, when they're vetting us, 
Do they feel like, wow, this company gets me? They have all the answers for me. They think just like me. They're unbiased. They're not so salesy. In, in conjunction with this, there's an interesting stat that's, that's out, Richard. I think it's crazy for B2B. B2B here, which is this. Today, on average, 70% roughly of the buying decision is made before the buyer talks to the business, specifically the sales department. 70%. In other words, they are 70% home before they talk to a salesperson. You know, 15 years ago, that number's probably 30%. Today, right. we're at 70%. So the question is, where are we going to be in 5, 10, 15 years? We know it's not going to go back. And, and that says that your sales approach and your sales strategy and your salespeople and the collateral and everything associated with the quote-unquote sales process is different because the customer journey has transformed the customer into a, to a much more informed and almost ready to buy, if they're 70%, by the time they engage with you. Yep, crazy stat for you. And by the way, this stat, which again, I explain all of this in the book, but the, the key point is I had a... I specifically added a lot of B2B case studies in the book so that those that were saying, I don't know if this is going to work, they realized, wow, these same principles apply across the board. I did a study in, in 2013. I was looking at two groups of people from my website. Both had filled out a form and said, I want to get a quote from you. Now, one of the groups had not bought. One of the groups had bought. And so I said to myself, what is the difference between the group that did versus did not buy? And this is what I found. I kept seeing the number 30 jump out underneath the group that had bought a pool, and that number 30 represented total pages viewed. So this is what we found, Richard. We found that if you read 30 or more pages of our website before the initial sales appointment, the average closing rate was 80%. If they did not hit that magical number of 30 pages viewed, the average closing rate was 25%. Wow. And so... That was the moment when I said, oh, my goodness, content <laughs> is the sales tool in the world, yeah. assuming I use it the right way and assuming it's honest and transparent. And so then we started to integrate that into our entire sales process. And when I train B2B organizations today and their sales teams, we start with content and integrating that into the sales process. We're talking to Marcus Sheridan here on Critical Mass Radio Show. He's multiple things. He's president of the sales line. He's the author of They Ask, You Answer. We're going to take a very short break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And when we come back, I want to talk with you about your philosophical approach to content. Because as, as we continue to discuss content marketing, content creation here on Critical Mass Programs, one of the feedback that I get from my audience is the challenge of creating compelling and interesting and content that's appropriate for their prospect base. So can you address that question when we come back after the break? Can't wait. All right. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. This is a really short break. It's like one minute. It's for one of the products or services that I do here in Critical Mass for Business. I would appreciate it if you would listen to it. And when we come back, Marcus and I are going to continue this conversation after this word from me. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. 
Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. A great way to stay informed about our guests is sign up for our weekly newsletter. Simply go to our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com, and at the bottom of any page, let me repeat, at the bottom of any page is the join our mailing list box. Simply type in your email address, hit the key, send it off to me, and like magic, we'll sign you up. And all we do with your email address is enroll you in our weekly newsletter that talks about the fascinating guests that we have on that week's program, like Marcus Sheridan, who is both president of the Sales Lion and author of They Ask, You Answer. All right, so let's continue the conversation about creating content and that challenge of making it relevant, interesting, and compelling. Can you share a little bit what you what your experience is and how you work with companies today, Marcus? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, feel like content marketing, producing content, is like launching a space shuttle. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be great. It's got to be flawless. And fundamentally, that's not true. In fact, the companies that are crushing it online today, they're the ones that are saying it's okay if it's not perfect. The idea is that we just continue to get better. Same applies to video. Because everything I say today, or we're talking about, uh, might sound like it's about text. It's as much about visual or video or even audio as it is about text. But here's the thing. People say, what defines great content? It doesn't have to be some amazing thing that nobody has ever talked about before. Because the reality is, if they read it, or if they watch it, and then they say, huh, that's exactly what I needed to know. Now I feel like I understand. Now that is good content. And along with that, and I really stress this in the book, there's five subjects that move the needle in every single industry, Richard. Five subjects. Here's what's crazy. Most businesses don't like to talk about these five subjects. And so you have a paradox of once. Consumers and buyers want to know five things before they buy. Product, service, doesn't matter. Businesses, they don't want to address it. Here's the five. So this is where you start. When you say, let's dive into content marketing, this is where you start. Number one, you start with all the cost-based questions that you've gotten over the years, and there's probably many, especially if you have multiple services. There's multiple cost-based questions that you get. Okay. Right. The second one is problems or negative. In other words, people want to know, if I buy that thing, if I choose that route, that technology, that widget, that company, what are the drawbacks? What are the negatives? Okay. So, for example, for me, for years, people used to ask me, what are the drawbacks or what are the problems of the fiberglass pool, Marcus? And so if you went online right now and you searched for the problems of the fiberglass pool, you'd find an article that we've written about it, and that article has made us almost a million dollars in revenue, and that's by talking about the problems with fiberglass pools, if you can believe it. So that's the second one, problems. 
third one is comparisons. People love to compare. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, when we're getting ready to buy something, whether it's one company versus another, one technology versus another, one phone versus that phone, in my case, it was always fiberglass versus concrete pools. That's what, what people wanted to know. And too often, we don't like to talk about the other thing and the other option. But the true teacher, the one that wants to be the, tr- the, the, the trust agent of their space, well, they are going to address that question because that's what the consumer and the buyer wants to know. That's the essence of the ask you answer. And so you got to look for versus-based questions. Think of all the comparison-based questions you've been asked over the years about that thing you sell and address those. That's three. Four is review-based questions. Everybody wants to look for the reviews of products and services and companies. And so it's your job to address those as well. And then the fifth one is best questions. Lots of best questions. What's the best type of swimming pool for a small backyard? What is the best in-ground swimming pool company in Richmond, Virginia? These are the types of questions that people ask. So brainstorm those. Start with those big five. Meet with your sales and marketing team. Say, let's just spit out all the questions we're getting all the time from prospects and customers, and that that can help you to create the essence of your editorial calendar moving forward. We're talking with Marcus Sheridan. We're talking about his book, They Ask, You Answer. So it also makes sense to me that when you do this, you're arming your salespeople with commonly asked questions and potential objectives with a kind of a, I can answer it, and then I'm going to direct you to our online read this white paper or listen to this video, right? I mean, I can see how you would bring this into the front end of your business as well. So, so, so this is really important, man, because if you look at it, the best way in life to resolve a concern is to address it before yes. it becomes a concern. Yes. Right? Yeah, bring it up yourself. Bring it up yourself. Own it, and then use it as an advantage. The smartest businesses today, they take the elephant that's in the corner of the room, yes. they grab that thing, they put it at the front door, so when you open the front door as the prospect, you see the elephant, and they say, this is our elephant. Are there any issues with yeah. our elephant? Many people just like you have asked me or are thinking right now, blah, 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 and then you dress it in your own terms. Yep. That's interesting. I love it. So one of the – this is yeah. – Marcus Sheridan, I knew would have a lot of content. I'm super excited that you're on the program today. So I love the five subjects. Question is, and I thought maybe it was going to come up in the reviews, um, how much it in your content marketing strategy is outside your four walls? In other words, client reviews or ratings or experiences. How much do you have – would you suggest companies look – beyond just their sales and marketing team for ideas of things to write for content marketing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important, too. And and what you just described really is is what I refer to as social proof. What is the marketplace saying? What does the marketplace bear? We all want verification from the marketplace, and so it's great if you can do that. But really, to do this right, you start with those bottom-of-the-funnel questions that a buyer is going to ask. In other words, if I'm a pool guy and I really want to do content marketing well, I'm not going to start with a silly piece of content that's like five fun games to play with your swimming pool. Like, doesn't make any sense, right? Because that person that's asking that fun games to play in a swimming pool, who knows if they want a pool? Who knows if they're in the market? They could be having a, a party for their kid at the local YMCA this weekend. You want to be addressing the very specific buyer-based questions, concrete versus fiberglass pools, which is better. That person knows they either want a concrete or fiberglass. They know they're getting in a pool, and they're asking the type of question that denotes that they're serious and they're going to spend money. And this is where companies need to start. And besides, when you start there at the bottom of the funnel instead of the top fluffy parts, 
but you start at the bottom. This is the content that your sales team can integrate into their sales presentations and the sales process immediately to, again, move that prospect either further down or out of the funnel as soon as possible. That's the essence of sales. Do you suggest people move up the funnel as they create content, or do, or do you suggest they stay down close to the buying decision part of the sales funnel towards the bottom? You get rid of the... You, Get rid of all the bottom real estate first. Okay. And then you slowly work your way out. But to, but look, if you address everything under the sun and you end up in the middle to the top of the funnel, well, that's fine as long as you've addressed it. But too many companies say, yeah, I addressed a couple at the bottom, and then they start playing in the land of fluff, and then they wonder why their sales and marketing teams aren't aligned. They wonder why they're not getting the results, why it takes so long. You know, one of the questions that I get a lot is, so Marcus, how long does this take to work? Or I hear it takes a year to work. It shouldn't take a year. Because the fact of the matter is, Richard, if your sales team is helping produce content today that's very sales-centric through text and video, and they're integrating that into their mix right now with current prospects, it can help you close deals today. And so this is goes way beyond the pale of just marketing, and that's why the book is 50% marketing, 50% sales. And the big issue in the space right now, you get all these marketers producing this content, sales team's not aware of it, and it's oftentimes not sales-based content, and that's fundamentally flawed. And we're talking with Marcus Sheridan here, and we're talking about his book, They Ask, You Answer. So in my watching and participating in the content marketing field, I've found that many large companies have adopted content marketing as a strategy. My personal bias is I work with companies with 5 to $100 million. I actually think they're, they're better at content marketing because of, they are. because of what you just said. It's, mo- yes. it's more real-world content marketing. Well, it's you know I call those companies and, and and you really describe them so well there. They are the digital Davids in a land of Goliath. <laughs> exactly. They're big. They're slow. They can't move. They've got too much red tape. If they're going to produce something about how much something costs, you know, every attorney that they have in their department is going to review it first, and then you know they feel like it's their job to say no to everything, so it doesn't get published. And that's the beauty of this. If you're a digital David, a small to medium sized business. You can do this, and you can recreate the rules in your space. And we keep seeing this again and again and again. This is the great equalizer, and that's why companies, especially SMBs, should be jumping on this right away. They can't say, well, I'm too small. In fact, they need to say, yes, I'm smaller than everybody else. I can be faster, more nimble, quicker, and I can produce stuff that nobody's producing. So. As I said, we've had Joe on the show. We've had Robert Rose on the show. We've done a number of episodes over the years on content marketing. I keep kind of exposing my audience who are business owners of these kind of companies across the country to the real power behind content marketing. And you've teed up a number of objections and and kind of concerns that people have. You also bring to this, and I imagine uh, in your work and in, in what you write about, you're really much more bring the cash register, ROI, this is a sales tool, not a marketing tool, more than maybe I've had in any of the conversations that we've had here on Critical Mass Radio Show, Marcus. Well, I think that's the whole problem with the industry, frankly. And I love all the people you just mentioned. But, you know, it's sad. If you go to an, an event like Content Marketing World, which is a great event that Joe Polizzi puts on. Right, premier. Uh, 95% of the people there are either marketers or leadership teams. They're not sales it's the sales team that needs to be there. Huh. It, it, because the marketing team's already bought in. Okay, they're, they're already drinking the Kool-Aid. It's the sales. Do you realize the number one email that I've gotten over the years 
is Marcus, my business is into trouble, and, and help me. That's number two. Number one is from marketers that say, Marcus, I believe in what you teach with this they ask you answer. I know it could work for us. I want to be the best teachers in the world, but the problem is when I go to our subject matter experts, when I go to leadership, when I go to the sales team, they say, I don't have the time. And, of course, in life, when someone tells you they don't have the time, what they're really trying to tell you without actually telling you is, I just don't value the thing. This is a sales conversation, just like all those marketing automation tools like HubSpot, Marketo. See, the big mistake they made is they called it marketing automation. Yes. <laughs> they are sales tools that happen to measure marketing very, very well, but they're sales tools. Uh, we're talking with Marcus Sheridan. We're talking about his business, and we're talking about the the book that he's authored, They Ask, You Answer. Um it has been my experience, too, working with uh, sales organizations for a lot of my career, that if you give them the right answers to the difficult questions that actually move the sales process along, they will learn it and parrot it every time because it's the it's the path to the you know, least resistance for them and the most benefit. So your positioning, Marcus, seems to, seem to have a real benefit with sales organizations who would love to be told how to address the elephant in the room that they're hoping maybe historically to avoid. Yeah, Rich, you really, I, I love how, you, how your brain works because a lot of companies don't realize this. When you do content marketing well, this is essentially the gospel according to you, your company. This is your philosophy, your doctrine, and most companies never state it well. And so when you state this, I've had a lot of companies say, Marcus, what I didn't realize is this was going to be our content now is our sales training manual for when we get new people on our sales team come in. We have them watch the video, our videos, we have them read our articles, and then we test them on these things that we have produced already. Most companies never actually produce the stuff to do the training right. Now you can have a shared, it's written in stone, this is our doctrine as a company. It's that we feel this is the right answer to this particular question. It's very strong. I think that's amazing. If you know, I'm so disappointed that my engineer is telling me we are out of time on today's podcast radio show here on Critical Mass Radio Show. If someone, and I hope they do, want to buy your book, let's start there. How do they get your book? Best place to get it right now is uh, Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Just go there and type in They Ask You Answer or email me, Marcus, at thesaleslion.com. And if they, so if they want to learn more about the work that you're doing now helping bring this kind of culture into organizations through the Sales Lion, is that, where would you suggest they go online? Yeah, absolutely. Just come to my website, thesaleslion.com, or just type in Marcus Pool Guy, <laughs> whatever you want. I'm sure you'll find me easily enough. Um, Richard, it's been a pleasure to be on your show today. My goodness, Marcus, you uh, you content-rich. This was a content-rich conversation. Thank you. I'm really heartfelt, appreciate it. And I want you to know that everyone that's in the community here in Southern California will be incur- strongly encouraged to listen to this interview because you gave them a lot to think about and actions to take. Thank you. Appreciate you being a friend of the program and a part of the Critical Mass community, Marcus Sheridan. And that'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank our engineer, Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. And I'm your host, Richard Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about the Critical Mass radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, visit my company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.